Blog Talk Radio. In a season where a different issue has surfaced to the Miami Hurricanes each week, wasn't it just fitting on Saturday that suddenly Miami couldn't score at Virginia? Jake Garcia, starting for the first time, looked extremely nervous and out of sorts. Garcia was just 15 of 29 for 125 yards in the game. Is it something to be concerned about? Well, the Canes won this time. There weren't eight turnovers, that's for sure. Fortunately, the Miami defense played its best game of the season against one of the worst offenses it has faced, and Miami was able to get the game into overtime where the Canes prevailed by some great individual plays on both sides of the ball. Now we fast forward a week, and a familiar foe is coming to Hard Rock Stadium for a primetime affair on Saturday night. This year's Miami FSU game promises to define the season for both teams. The Seminoles are 5-3. and three. They started the season with victories over Duquesne, LSU, Louisville, and Boston College. And then they lost three in a row to Wake Forest, NC State, and Clemson before rallying off of an off week to route Georgia Tech at home last weekend. The Canes, meanwhile, are 4-4, four and four, and they're still trying to play their first complete game of the season. That's probably what it's going to take to win Saturday in a game where Miami right now is a nine-point underdog. The Canes' fortunes will be heavily tied to Garcia and the offense. The conservative approach that barely was good enough to win on Saturday at Virginia is probably not going to get it done this week, let's be honest. FSU's offense is more capable than Virginia's with dual-threat quarterback Jordan Travis at the helm. To win Saturday, Miami is going to need to score. Meanwhile, the defense is going to be looking to build on what it did in Charlottesville with defensive tackle Leonard Taylor suddenly playing at an elite level as he heads down the stretch of year two as a hurricane. Kane Sport did an analysis of Taylor's play this season and found that he is grading as well as top linemen of years past did who were drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. It's the Canes and the Knowles in prime time. That's going to be the theme of the conversation tonight as we begin this new edition of Cane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we welcome you once again to Cane Sport Live. We're going back old school. We're going audio only, where hopefully we don't have to deal with the wonders of modern-day technology that keeps failing us. It's your show. It's going to be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3550. That's 563-999-3550. We have over 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. I've already seen the queue starting to light up. Remember, if you want to come on the show, you hit the one on your keypad. That puts you to the top segment of the queue. We bring you on the show in the order that you land in that queue. We also ask the subscribers at canesport.com for the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we'll get to some of those as the evening progresses along. So a big topic all season because of the uneven play of the Miami offense has been offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis, and whether he is designing and calling games well enough 
as a Miami Hurricane this season. You know that Gaddis won the Broyles Award last year as the nation's top assistant. This is a guy that has had a lot of success and brought a glowing resume to Miami. So it's kind of been weird to see so many fans turn on Gaddis so quickly because of the struggles that the offense has had this year. Because only a year ago, um, until the Wolverines lost in the playoff to Georgia, uh, that Gaddis presided over a season that went off with very few glitches. Now, obviously, it's been the polar opposite this year at Miami, which has not been easy for the coach, make no mistake. I had the chance to ask Gaddis about that this week. You know, I think every year is different, and uh, we ultimately all chose to be here uh, for a reason, to make an impact. And, you know, uh, do we wish that impact obviously could be a lot sooner or faster than what we uh, wish it would take? Uh, Yes, but we've all been around turnarounds. Um, I've been around multiple different turnarounds from uh, being a new staff, taking over a Vanderbilt program that was uh, at pretty much the bottom of the SEC and being able to win there and being able to be a part of a staff that took over a struggling Penn State program and being able to have success there. And so um, this is no different than any other challenges that I've been a part of in my, in my career. Um, got tremendous faith in the coaches and Coach Cristobal and the vision that he has for this program. Um, and we all came here together to, to make an impact. And, and, you know, although we all came from very successful programs and you look across the board, everyone was having success. You know, we're at the moment now, you know, and, and um, you know, things haven't necessarily gone our way, whether it's injuries or wins, losses, uh, certain things. But we've got to have tremendous confidence in who we are as a staff, tremendous confidence in our players. Um, and we have the right uh, program um, to move forward. And, and, you know, Coach has laid out the guidelines of what he wants, the process of what it takes. And we've got to stay committed to that process each and every day. We've got to recruit at a very, very high level. Um, we've got to develop at a very, very high level. Um, and we've got to continue to, to create a, um, a, a, a process of confidence for our players and also just being able to – the philosophy of our program, being able to, to drill that home to them. And so um, we're going to continue to work at it. You know, it's been a, it's been a tough year. It's been a challenging year. It's not over. Um, we've still got a lot to play for, a lot to look forward to. Uh, and it starts this week with a big rival. Yeah, you know, it has not been easy for Gattis. I mean, you, you, you come here to Miami, uh, the guy that – a lot of people think is going to be one of the superstars of your offense. Uh, Jalen Knighton is suddenly fumbling the ball almost every week. Um, the guy that's supposed to be your go-to possession receiver, Xavier Restrepo, gets hurt very early in the season. Uh, Colby Young hadn't emerged yet early on. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke had struggles trying to get acclimated to your offense. Um, even last week, your most euphoric moment of the season. <laughs> and, you know, I'm talking about the winning, the winning play, okay? We're, like, we're all watching that play, and we're seeing Khalil Brantley break open, wide open, and say, throw it, Jake, throw it, Jake. And uh, Jake held the ball and decided to, to try to win the race to the pylon, and it ended up working out for him, but it was damn close. But do you know that had Jake Garcia – thrown that pass that thousands of Canes fans out here were yelling and screaming for him to throw, the play would have been nullified. Miami would have been called for having ineligible men downfield because the offensive linemen were blocking and they were uh, two to three yards in, in front of the play 
and it would have been an illegal pass. How about how about that, Canes fans? Doesn't that just sum up uh, the way that this season has gone? But in this case, the break went in the direction of the Miami Hurricanes, and that was a great thing. So all of that's on the table tonight as we start a new edition of Kane Sport Live. So let's go out to your calls. The number is 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, we're going to start tonight in the 757, where you are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Man, ain't nobody but Kane Kane. You know who it is. You ain't got to say 757. When you see that thing light up, you know it's me. Hey, man, let's get ready for this game. I ain't worrying about what happened to UVA. It was trash. It was ugly. But it's all good. I get on my flight. I fly down there Thursday. Have a little fun in the sun. Saturday evening, let's kick some buns. It's got to happen, baby. We got to play good. This is a game, game. You said last week everybody better show up. Fans need to show up. Forget that special fan. We don't need y'all. We need the 305 guys to show up live. Make it happen. Let's be real about this. This season has been trash. We have not beat nobody yet. <laughs> nobody. Yeah, we beat the teams in front of us, but Virginia Tech was at the bottom. Virginia was supposed to be at the bottom. And the other two, it don't even matter. So this is a real statement game because after this, you got Pitt, you got Clemson, you got Georgia Tech. Okay, Georgia Tech should beat them. Clemson, I got to reel that back. And I'm Pitt, who the hell knows? But, hey, man, with all that being said, it's 305. It's FSU week. If you can't get ready for this, you is not a Kane fan, in my opinion, at all. Mike Kane and everybody else, 105, 305, 7.30 p.m. Yeah, we can beat them, baby. We can beat them. You ain't going to be all right. The receivers, the running backs, everybody going to be fine. This is going to be the most complete game since Texas A&M. That's it. I ain't got no more to say. See y'all Saturday night in the 305. Peace. All right. Thanks, Kane, Kane for uh, getting us going here tonight in uh... – a style that only you bring to the table, my man, and uh, we appreciate it. We love it. So, um, yeah, they can win. There's, there's no doubt about it, but it is going to take the exact two words that, that you just said, Ken Kane, and that is complete game. Uh, there can't be any of this, oh, the defense has a good day, the offense doesn't. The offense has a good day. The defense gives up uh, bombs for touchdowns and things like that. They both got to show up at the same time together, and that is no easy request because that has not really happened um, a little bit in the Southern Miss game, although the, you know, the offensive passing game really struggled in that game. Uh, the truth is we have not seen a complete game yet this season. We are in the final third of the regular season. It is definitely time for all this great coaching that these kids have been receiving to come to the forefront and for them to play a complete game. 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let's go now out to the uh, 845, where I believe that is uh, our man Greg, who I think I finally have the technology straightened out for, and he can actually talk to everybody. Greg, welcome back to the audio version of Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? I'm good, thanks. Um, I want to start off by saying Matt better keep his trap shut before we lose Ruiz as the NIL guy. Guys telling him he's, it's a waste of money. 
he's going to – what if he doesn't like what Matt's saying? <laughs> that, that's not going to happen. But I, I will tell you this, Greg. I, I mean, Matt, Matt doesn't follow NIL like I do, you know, and he sees – all these millions of dollars being being uh, given away, and at most schools that is what is happening. It's literally being given away. At least at Miami, John Ruiz is attempting to run a marketing program that is the way that NIL is supposed to work. And there's a lot of companies around the country that are doing it the right way as well. You know, you see um, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups doing NIL deals with every kid in the country that's an athlete that has the last name of Reese. I mean, brilliant. That's a brilliant idea. Um, Pepsi-Cola is doing uh, a marketing initiative around plastic cups and um, promoting the environment. And they hired a, a bunch of athletes to, in, in NIL deals to help them spread the word about saving the environment with plastic and things like that. So there's, there are a lot of companies now around the country that are doing legitimate NIL marketing deals but nobody doing it to the degree that LifeWallet is doing it. Um, now, we could debate for hours whether John Ruiz is getting his money's worth, but I actually had a long talk with Matt about this today. He's a little rattled about our Good Morning Cane Sports session. I said, Matt, look at it this way. You're John Ruiz, okay, and you now have hit the pinnacle of success in your life. You, you're make, you've made billions of dollars uh, based, based on what we've heard. Your company has gone public. Uh, you've lived in Miami your entire life, and quite honestly, before you said, I am going to do NIL, there wasn't anybody in town talking about John Ruiz. For $10 million, if nothing else, John Ruiz has bought one of the biggest profiles in South Florida, and now he's trying to build a stadium at Tropical Park. He's made it clear he would love to buy the Miami Marlins. Um, you know, you, you could go on and on and on. I mean, he is a big man on campus now. And, you know, these guys with money can go one of two ways. They either want to be well-known and, and be, you know, big, big time, or they want to live in anonymity. And uh, it's interesting because the Moss brothers uh, from South Florida were very instrumental in bringing Mario Cristobal here. And in the initial conversations, it, they were, I think, intending to be involved in NIL. Mario wanted them involved, and, and, and they were going to be involved. And uh, they figured out, man, this isn't for us. Like, we don't want to be high profile like John Ruiz. We don't want to just give money away, uh, theoretically. And, and, and our business doesn't really allow for NIL. You know, um, Moss Tech, which is the business of the Moss family, uh, they if, – if you have cable TV – or high-speed internet somewhere in the United States, there's a decent chance that Mostec laid that cable. Uh, and that's what they do. And there's really not an opening there for uh, college athletes to be in NIL deals. But so the point I made to Matt is, look, if you look at it this way, if John Ruiz got nothing else but high-profile status for him and his kids in South Florida and you know the, the, the trappings that come with that status – and that works for him, and he, and he enjoys that, which he clearly does. I mean, he'll sit here till midnight tonight probably fighting with Gator fans on Twitter. Uh, you know, he's clearly enjoying all the action. Um, then if, if that's the case and he enjoys that, he got his $10 million worth just from that, and he's going to spend more money in year two. Uh, 
I just want to talk about the quarterback position. Jake Garcia throws with no anticipation. He's slow. He's very slow, if you ask me. He can't run that fast. By the way, did you watch Jordan Travis two years ago when he played Miami? He was atrocious. He couldn't uh-huh. hit the broad side of a barn. Now the guy's a decent quarterback. I think Ja'Cory Brown should get more of an opportunity if Van Dyke's not going to play. I mean, I think he could will. he do any worse than Jake Garcia? Uh, yes, I mean, he could do a lot worse. Here's what I'll tell you, Greg. When I watch those two guys in practice, uh, there's no comparison right now. Okay, and and the Jake Garcia that we saw the other day in that game was the worst version of Jake Garcia that my two eyes have ever laid their laid themselves on. I, I mean, he he clearly was rattled. He clearly was scared, uh, very nervous, and did not want his experience at Virginia to go the way that his experience went the week before at Duke when he had a hand in five turnovers. So it looked like they stripped down the offense to bare bones. It was very basic. um, And I thought Jake was really struggling. I mean, I don't think he was seeing the field. I don't think he was going through his progressions with any type of speed at all. Um, When he did throw the ball, it was off target. He was thrown behind receivers was having a really hard time hitting guys. Uh, I have never seen Jake Garcia look even close to the way he looked in the game in Virginia last week. Uh, so if he does have to start against Florida State, I hope that Jake will be a lot better. Uh, but I can tell you that Ja'Curry Brown, as a complete college quarterback right now, running and passing, is not there right now. Well, I didn't say he was there, but he could be in the future. We well, we'll see. That. I mean, they're not going to stop recruiting quarterbacks. I promise you that. All right. Now, you 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 said that uh, Miami, Florida State is on ABC this week. You realize no one's going to be watching that game besides Miami and Florida State fans because Alabama's playing LSU and Clemson's playing Notre Dame at the same time. So we're not getting any kind of audience for that game. But I see they're having quite a contingent of top recruits there this week. So it's very important that we at least show up and play well. Yeah, there'll be a lot of recruits. Uh, There will be a lot of eyeballs on the game. People's channel search, I mean channel surf. Uh, People go to sports bars where all three games will be on the TVs. Um, I mean, there'll be enough people that will see the game. Listen, it's better than what we've been dealing with (laughs) for the last three weeks uh, with with people all over the country scrambling, trying to figure out where they can find the game. Uh, I I, I mean, I know so many Canes fans that had the hardest time watching the team, you know, the last three weeks. So um, being on ABC is a huge positive. Uh, I don't, any negatives at all in that and uh, look hopefully they play well alright my last quick point over under 30 players leaving the program after the season 
I'll say under 30, but I, it's going to be a lot, Greg. It really is. I mean, I got to, you know what, what I got to try to do soon is I got to go through the roster and in my head, try to fi- you know, figure who might be headed to the portal. And then I can talk of numbers a little more sensibly. Uh, the first time I did it, uh, I, I think I came to 20 and I do think it'll be higher than 20 now, the way this season has gone. And uh, some of them will be mutual decisions. Some won't. Um, but you're going to see a lot of turnover on this roster again now for the second straight year. And that's the only way to expedite the process of returning back to respectability in college football. I mean, this year is, no matter what happens is not going to involve respectability. I mean, the only thing they can do to make any movement in that regard would be to upset Clemson at Clemson. What is the chance of that happening? You know, not real high, right? Zero percent. All right. Thank you. All right, Greg. Hey, uh, thanks for being part of the show. I'm glad we were able to get you on tonight. All right. Five, six, three, nine, 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 three, five, five, oh, five, six, three, Nine 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 three five five zero. You hit the one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Uh, we're going next to the seven eight six. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight, Gary, my friend? How are you? Hey, what's up, everything three hundred five? How you doing this week? Doing well, buddy. How are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. <clears throat> well, I-, I wanted to share a few things with you. Um, regarding uh, FSU this week. You know, I, 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 I saw the line. I think it's as high as, what, nine point nine and a half, is it right now? Um, Last one I saw was nine. I, and I, I know, nine, yeah. And I, and I know where we're at. I'm, you know, like everybody else that has a little bit of common sense, a little football IQ, you know where you're at. But I think you still have to throw all those things out the window. Uh, when it's a big rivalry game, it is exactly that. And – um, I, I think these kids are more than up to the task of defending their home turf against them. Uh, I, I think the incentive is different. I think the, the atmosphere will be different. Uh, I don't see a I don't see a sellout crowd, obviously, but I do see a good crowd, uh, and it's going to be mixed, obviously. But there's enough uh, there's enough mot- there's enough motivation, in my opinion, for those kids to play at a at a, at a higher level. Uh, and I'm also hoping that they're really preparing much the same way they prepared last week. I mean, I didn't give them a chance last week. I thought we were going to get blown out last week, to be quite frank. I just didn't see it. Um, and, and although our offense continues to struggle, and Tyler and, and Jake uh, filling in for Tyler, uh, he he looked beyond scared. I mean, Greg was mentioning that he was delivering the ball real slow. That kid, after what happened against Duke, I mean, he he lost a lot of confidence, obviously. Mm-hmm. So to put that kid on the road and do what he did, you still have to go ahead and, and understand there was some growth there, and there is a good skill set. The task at hand now is for Josh to find the best way to get him going uh, offensively, and that's going to require him to, to you know to continue to, to be that psychologist and between the ears get him to a certain level. Of, of, of confidence, and he's he's got to get that done this week. But Gary and I think Matt talked about this either yesterday or today on Good Morning Kingsport. The kid from Valdosta is going to have more playing time this week. That kid has to be on the field as much as possible if Tyler Van Dyke isn't ready to go, which 
I think we're all well aware he won't be ready to go anytime soon. So Do you see why I wanted to make him a wide receiver? Uh, I, I, I don't care what you're running, whether you're running Wildcat, whether you're running whatever you're going to run. If you're going to play him and Jake at the same time, there's a bunch of things you can do. Uh, and I think Josh Gad is, you know, his challenge this week is to get everybody ready for those special packages that are involved with Jacory. I mean, now's the time. You, you know, he's one hit away from being the starter in the game. He's one hit away. And with our offensive line, the way it's been at times, and these exo- any, any type of exotic or creative blitz package that a DC has thrown that these guys haven't seen before, they have struggled. Uh, I'm not saying they haven't been able to do a better job in the second half, but initially they have shown that first half. So getting off to a great start is huge, but make sure. Have this kid ready to go. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really curious to see what Gaddis does. Uh, and it's not to, to, uh, to pick on him, uh, so to speak, but he is the guy. He is the Broyles winner. Uh, he's the guy that was mentioned in many circles when he first took this job that he would probably be here just one year and be a head coach somewhere at a major power five. You know, fast forward, you know, he might be the guy that's known for screwing up Tyler Van Dyke. So, you know, there's a lot, and, and Mario as well, but there's a lot there that he's got to prove on Saturday. Uh, and it being a rivalry game, I think the kids are, are definitely buying, they're bought in on this game. Uh, I don't see any type of division or some of the things that we see, some of the nonsense that we see from these so-called insiders who, who have these kids on their shows and all those other things because they, you know, they're plugged in and all that. I, I don't think we really know where this team is right now but I do know they took a step forward last week. And even though it was a horrible offensive performance, Gary, they found a way to stay together. Yes, Virginia dropped the ball, but they found a way to stay together, and they won the damn thing. And that's what matters. And going forward, that's all a coach is looking at, and that's what a player is looking at. It's between the ears. You know, I, I think we're, all, we're getting the extra from these guys already. I think that's there. Now it's fixing the psyche. You know, my my vision, and it would have been it would be expanded now based on what I've seen, was you know back at the beginning of the season, I obviously had the opportunity to watch a lot of practice, and uh, I saw a kid that was just insanely athletic, which I think now everyone sees how athletic Jacuri uh, Brown is, um, and I felt back then before any of these packages were installed or whatever, I'm like. This kid can help this team win games this year. They just got to figure out a way to do it, and it wasn't obviously going to be as, as an every-down starting quarterback. Uh, that was my thinking at the beginning of the year. So I said, man, I would love to see him take some reps at wide receiver. And people started coming at me and adding all kinds of overtones to it and like that had absolutely nothing to do with anything. Uh, and... Uh, embrace what I was saying. And I think more people would embrace it now. I really do. I, I, now that they've gotten a chance to see his athleticism. I mean, we got to see him on one jet sweep in the Duke game. Um, but you know, what about jet, you know, jet sweeps where he's a threat to throw the ball. What about, you know, what about, um, you know, well, I guess it would have to be reverses where he, where he's a threat to throw the ball. Uh, you know, even if you, you throw it out to him in space, on hitch passes and stuff, uh, with his athleticism, he's as good a threat as anybody. I mean, we've had receivers with his body type before. 
Uh, Lance Leggett comes to mind as one. Uh, you know, I mean, he, you know, I don't, he can't be – somebody said to me last week, can he be a running back? I'm like, no, nah, he's too tall and lanky to be a running back. But he could certainly be an all-purpose type of offensive football player right now with this offense in the state that it's at. And you could get really creative with him on the field. And, yeah, that might include sometimes him functioning as the quarterback. Uh, but uh, I don't know if they'll go that far. We'll see. But I think that the now that they've made the decision to play him and it's clear that he is going to lose his red shirt when he steps on the field against Florida State, uh, why not expand that package and, and do even more with him? He's more than capable. Yeah, if you watch contemporary college football, with the scheme that's utilized by most programs, it's not calculus. You spread people out. You take you you force the defense to make a decision. You know, you can RPO it. You can walk it. There's a bunch of things you can do. But if you're spread, you have a chance. And he's he's a better athlete than the guy that's probably going to be the one that's going to be responsible for him defensively. You know, defense will play zone and whatnot. But I'm telling you, the the kid can still between ten to twenty yards. He's not that bad. He's not that act. He's not. A, uh, he's not horrible throwing the ball. You know, his deep balls need some work and all that. I get that, especially the accuracy with those deep balls for sure. But within that scheme, there's plenty of opportunities for him to do what he does best, which is to run. <laughs> and I, I think he's a tough guy to bring down, but he's got a confidence about him. He's been slowly integrated in the offense, giving him more and more snaps. And look at some of the downs he played against Duke. Those are some crucial situations. So it's not like he hasn't been prepared, you know, for this moment. And, and again, he's one injury away from being the guy. I mean, we, we yeah. can't lose sight of that. So mm-hmm. I, I do expect Josh to find a way to get him integrated with the offense this week and hopefully have a bigger role. Uh, Recruiting-wise, Gary, if I could, how surprised were you uh, last week when, when uh, Cormani ended up committing to Miami? You know, I'll tell you the truth. I always felt like my, Miami was sleeping in the weeds on that one. And I, it was just nobody ever gave Miami a chance. I mean, all you ever heard was Florida, 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 Alabama, Florida, 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 Florida. He never came back to Miami after June. He went to Florida a couple times. I mean, everything was pointing Florida, Florida, Florida. Uh, so I kind of like tempered, you know, my feelings about it. And uh, no, we, we, we did not and expect, so. yeah. you know, we did not expect him to commit to Miami. But I, I mean, I'm just being honest, like all through the, the summer and everything, I, I always felt uh, because of the Lance Leggett connection and, and, and what I was saying, I, I mean, I always felt Miami would have a shot at the end of the day. Uh, and I expected the end of the day to mean December. I didn't expect the end of the day to mean the, the end of October. Uh, so, yeah, I was, I was a little surprised, but uh, probably should not have been as surprised as I was. Uh, but, you know, it's weird. This kid, it, it's like um, Azubi Charles, who works for us, uh, we sent him on a road trip this week. And yeah. one, of, one of the stops was Lakeland High to go see Cormani. Cormani wouldn't do an interview. He's like shut down. He's like no interviews, not talking to anybody. 
uh, it's the weirdest dang thing I've ever seen. I mean, it's just it was just bizarre. I mean, Azubi standing face to face with him, saying, "You know, come on, man, I came all the way up here from Miami. Can't you talk to me for a couple minutes?" No, my mom told me no interviews, and that was it, man. It was weird. We didn't get our interview with him. Uh, so he's a tough kid to know about. He's well, a tough kid to read. When even after he's committed, he still won't talk. You know, I've, I've watched I watched some of this stuff from last year. Uh, a friend of mine was at the um, the banquet where Mario spoke, um, and he and he mentioned to me he's like, you know what, he's probably going to be leaving our school, but I still think he's not he's not a corner at the next level. I think he's a safety. I'm like, not what I wanted to hear. But then some things tempered off. I was, I was thinking, you know what, it's probably just, we're not going to get him because I don't know if he really fits what we're doing. So I watched some more stuff, some of more of his highlights. Uh, and I got to tell you, Gary, his speed does concern me. Um, what, what what I do love is his length. It's almost like he's a better version of DJ Ivy coming out of high school. And I, I've been I've been attacked for this with a couple of my buddies, but I just see a lot of similarities between him and DJ from high school. Uh, he's a little faster than DJ, obviously, but he's a very aggressive kid. The one thing that his transition is going to take a while is not being always able to manhandle a wide receiver and redirect him or control him and then redirect him. I'm curious to see his transition. And you look at his frame, uh, got a great frame, great length, and his hips are good, but they're not great. And I'm wondering, is is this kid really the second best player in the country right now? Am Am I not seeing something correct? So I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that as well. Just based on the potential and how he projects, I was curious to, to know what you were thinking about that. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really had a chance to evaluate his speed, uh, you know, really. I, you know, I haven't studied a ton of his tape. I've seen him live a couple times in, in some seven-on-seven settings and camps. I mean, I, I think he's a really good prospect. Is, is he the number two player in America? Uh I mean, we'll find out. You know, I mean, that's that's a lot, man. Mm-hmm. That's a that that's that's a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, a ranking that high tells me that somebody who's involved in the rankings process likes Florida an awful lot. Um, but um, uh-huh. but but you know, it, it's uh, it's a lot for him to carry now. You know, I mean, he's Cormani McLean, the number two ranked player in America. He's a five star. And he's got to try to live up mm-hmm. to that. And, uh, you know, whether speed will be an issue like it's been for DJ, I don't know. But uh, that length, man, comes in handy. It really does. And uh, no that length no makes up for being maybe a step slower than, you know, the best corners in the world and stuff because you obviously can cover so much airspace with it. I have a friend over at Monsignor Pace who knows a little bit about this kid. And he says, hey, He's just a step slower than Reek was coming out of high school, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Wow, I never, I never made that comparison." But that he's, like, he's just a step slower than Reek, and, and Reek isn't a blazer, but he's a pretty damn good athlete. So I know mm-hmm. he's got a great athlete there. I think he's going to transition. It's going to take a while, I think, uh, for him to transition to it. Winning. If he comes in January, then I think that'll definitely help. But uh, Gary, final score prediction. I'm going to give you one right now because I know you got a bunch of people on hold. I'm going to give you 27. 20 things, baby. All right, man. I think a lot of people will take that result. 
Yeah, and I and I and I do see Mr. Borregalis hitting a big field goal down the stretch here some at some point of the game. So we'll see. All right, everything. Thank you for being part of the show. We'll talk to you. Gary, be well. Be well. You got it. Bye bye. Twenty seven twenty. Hmm. Uh I do think Miami is going to have to score in this game. They're gonna to have to open the offense up. Uh Josh Gaddis, if uh Jay Garcia is the quarterback as right now we're expecting, is gonna to have to trust Jake a little bit more probably than he did last week. Uh, he's, you know, Jake's going to have to be able to try to do some more things out there that'll lead to some more explosive plays. And he's going to have to be able to execute them the way he has done on the practice field uh, on a fairly regular basis. And uh, if he can do it, then Miami will be in the game and have a chance to win 27, 20. If he can't, and they're going to be scoring, you know, three or six points in regulation uh, that will probably not get it done against Florida state. 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550 is the number. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let's go now to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, it's your boy Sebastian. Hey, what's up, Sebastian? How you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. Um Gary, I want to kind of get your thoughts on the game as far as what you thought the Canes did right um, in the game. I know we've I've heard of you talk about Garcia, but what, what, what were your thoughts and what you thought they did right up at Virginia? Um, offensively, I thought they did a better job up front uh, against a decent defense. Uh, I thought the offensive line played better than it had been playing in recent weeks. I thought Henry Parrish ran very tough and physical. And I was very impressed with the way he played. I don't think he can hold up week after week after week, taking that degree of pounding. That's not what he's built for. Uh, but they were committed to it uh, in this particular week. And I thought he executed what they wanted very, very well. He, he, you know, he was very nifty inside. Uh, he was getting uh, yards after contact uh, and put up another 100-yard rushing game for um, – I believe it's the third time this season that he's done that. So, uh, but he is not a big back and they, they are, I don't know that they can come out this week against Florida state with the exact same approach. I I don't, my instinct is it will not work. Uh, They're going to have to, you know, do a lot more offensively. Like I said, Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I loved the way the defensive line played and, uh, they've been good all season. They really have. And I thought that uh, Leonard Taylor in particular took it to a whole nother level. And when we uh, went and, and studied it, you know, we watched it obviously. And then, you know, uh, Matt and I were talking and we, we, you know, we said, man, Leonard Taylor, you know, really took things to a whole, a whole nother level tonight. And we started looking a little deeper into it and, um, he's playing as well as anybody in the country. He's playing as well as kids that were drafted in the past in the first round of the draft. Uh, And, you know, my feeling on it is he needs more reps. I mean, he, he's gotten, he's been somewhere between 20 and 30 reps in every game, pretty much this season. Um, I'd like to see them get him the 40. Uh, I don't see any signs that he couldn't handle it. Uh, He has never looked tired out there to me. And, uh, I want more Leonard Taylor. That's what I walked out of that uh, out of that with uh, on the defensive side of the ball. 
Okay. Now, that's a great analogy, Gary. The one thing I didn't hear you uh, say that I was really, really impressed with was the play of Inez Cooper. Yeah. I, You know, as I'm watching the game, I know he had, you know, a false start. I don't think he had a holding penalty. But, you know, I feel like, man, a, a year in the weight room or two, and he gets his body together, I mean, he, he was impressive to me. As yeah, I, I don't think it's going to take two. I really don't. I, I don't think it's going to take two. I think he's going to be a starter next year, and I think he's going to be a great player for the Miami Hurricanes. I just think he looks he looks like the type of lineman that Mario Cristobal wants to have up front. That's what he looks like to me. Yep, no doubt uh, about it. Physical, powerful, and, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm very optimistic about him. I was just waiting to see what you thought about him, but I really thought he played well. I am 100% on board with you on that one. As well as Paris played, I thought he played real well. Um, The second point I wanted to make is, you know, as I'm looking at this team, I'm looking at the body language. I, I felt the coaching staff, with all the adversity they felt, I felt they managed the game well. They, they, you know, they didn't. They, they weren't pressing on fourth and short. They played the field position game. Um, I just felt they managed the game. I mean, their whole body language, their attitude. I saw Mario, you know, really kind of, you know, uh, encouraging the kids. It, it felt different, even though it was an ugly game to watch. As a viewer watching the game, I just felt like, you know, the coaching staff. And I don't know if you could talk to the coaching staff, ask them questions. Did they? Were they more cohesive for this particular game? But to me, what I look like, I saw a coaching staff that was in sync with each other. Uh, that's, that's, you know, those are just my thoughts. And, and so well, I encourage you know, they're, going in. they're still playing with things, Sebastian. You know, they're playing with things. Like, for example, uh, Josh Gaddis was on the field this week. He's been in the yeah. booth all year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Frank Potts yeah. went upstairs. Josh Gaddis came downstairs. That's an adjustment yeah. that they tried to make from a coaching yep. standpoint. Um, yep. And, you know, a new staff coming together for the first time, Thanks. there's an adjustment period. They've never worked a game with each other before. So uh, it, 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 now it, we're in week it, eight, and they, sh- they should be coming into a, a little bit of a groove. Yeah. I felt, I felt like I felt like it, you know, it took time. And I loved uh, Kevin Steele's answer in relation to giving up big plays. Just like, come on, man. I mean, I had two in the whole game, you know. I thought it was a good defensive game. They didn't score. And you I, want to know what I, Kevin know. Steele was doing there? Kevin Steele was talking to his players, and uh, in some cases maybe through their parents, in some cases maybe direct, because I'm sure a lot of players do watch their code, what their coaches say in press conferences and stuff. Kevin Steele was talking to his players in that situation, yeah. and he was saying, guys – I have your back. This is on me. Yeah, just hang in there with me. Just hang in. And, and, and that's why, I'm. you know, I feel like this last quarter of the season, I feel like the coaching staff has a great opportunity to win these kids back. And what, I, you know, not that they've completely lost them, but just to say, hey, hang in there with me. You haven't been with me long enough, but I, I believe in myself. I believe in what I'm teaching you guys. And, that may show up in like a fourth quarter of a Clemson game that's tight. You know what I mean? You know, and I and I, I know everybody's thinking that we have no absolutely no shot against Clemson, but if we're in a fourth quarter on the road 
and the coaches and the players can just kind of just hang in there with the coaches and just believe in them, you know, that's how upsets happen. That's how upsets happen, you know, uh, from them being able to do that. The last comment I wanted to make is, you know, I was really, really excited about Komani McClain. I, I think that was like just more than just a – I think that was like two shots of Cuban coffee uh, on a tough season. But um, but I was really, 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 really excited about that second commitment we got. Um, that looks like a Mario uh-huh. – is it Caleb Spencer his name? Caleb Spencer, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what – what are your thoughts on him? I mean – I'm as excited about this kid as I'm excited about all of our recruits. I mean, he's a three-star, but he looks like a Mario Cristobal football player. So I don't know what you can tell me about that particular recruiting and and what you think about that particular kid, but I'm really, really excited about that person. I hope he ends up in a hurricane. Yeah, um, here's what I can tell you. Miami, uh, he got Miami's attention when he came down with, uh, to play against Fort Lauderdale Stranahan the first right. week of the yeah. season. And uh, yeah. Miami was, was, was watching Hakeem Williams. Yeah. Uh, they weren't watching Caleb Spencer. And uh, in watching Hakeem Williams, they saw this kid making play after play after play looking unbelievable. And they did some research into who is this guy, and they found out it's Caleb Spencer. And uh, one of the coaches, Coach Adai, had some inroads at the high school and made some calls and got Miami into the game there. And he was committed to Oklahoma at the time. Now, Oklahoma has a policy that if you are committed to us and you go visit another school, if you're looking around, we're looking around. And what happened was they got Caleb Spencer to come down here for the North Carolina game and Oklahoma got wind of it and started looking at other guys. Uh, And it it created a little bit of a chill in the relationship between Oklahoma and Caleb Spencer. So as these few weeks have evolved and Miami kept up its pursuit, uh, Caleb Spencer decides, you know what? I am going to flip. I'm going to go to Miami. And he was planning to make the announcement yesterday, and uh, Oklahoma got wind of what was going on on Friday, and they told him, we're out. You do not have an offer to the University of Oklahoma anymore. And you know, Caleb kind of panicked a little bit and, and said, well, damn, I better commit to Miami real fast before they get different ideas. And he connected with uh, Hayes Fawcett of On3 to create a graphic, and uh, boom, Suddenly, he's a Miami Hurricane, and uh, it all happened very fast. Uh, but, you know, you look at his tape. He clearly is a very good athlete, should be a very good college football player. How good remains to be seen. But uh, Miami really loved him when they studied his, his tape against Stranahan uh, back in the first game of the season. Gary, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember when Butch Davis was in Texas, and he was looking at another athlete, and he discovered Bubba Frank. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he – you remember that story? He wasn't going to recruit Bubba Frank. Yep. The tape don't lie. That's all nope. I'm saying. The tape does not lie. And I would rather have a coach that really goes after the type of players he wants and win and die with those type of kids. And, you know, I'm just as excited about him. We'll, we'll see how he evolves when he sticks into this class. 
I thought we grew a lot this past week in Virginia. We needed a game like that because we're playing at home, and I felt like we're going, we'll be a little bit more locked in because we had to do that when we was on the road. Big shout-out to the coaches. I think they grew a lot this week. I'm excited about every few weeks. And uh, do you give us a chance to win? That's what I want to know. You can keep me on hold. Um, I do. I, I do give them a chance to win. I think they're going to need a lot more offense than they had last week, like I said a few minutes ago. And uh, they're going to have to open the playbook more. They're going to have to trust. If Jake's the quarterback, they're going to have to trust him. Uh, you know, he's he had a settled down week. I, I get it. Everybody was very rattled by Is Xavier going to play this week? Who? Restrepo is Xavier Restrepo going to play. Yeah, Restrepo, I I think exited the game fine. He should be out there. Uh, but you know, like I I just think that they're going to have to trust Jake in this game uh, because Virginia is not real good on offense. They were able to dial things back a little bit, go a little more conservative, not be as freewheeling, and try to control the turnovers, and it worked. I mean, it worked. I mean, had they not won the game in overtime. I think they would be kicking themselves that they were so conservative, but uh, it worked. They got out of there. They got the victory, and now they can come back and continue circling the wagons. But um, I do think they are going to have to be uh, considerably uh, more aggressive in this game and uh, trust Jake Garcia more. Okay. Keep it on hold, man. It's a great show, and – I'd like to see if I can get more, more information on did the coaches grow this week because I really thought that they did. And yeah. I hope it just carries over next week. All right, Sebastian. Uh, you know, the other thing I'll, I'll say about what Sebastian was just saying is that uh, there's thousands and thousands of high school football players around the country, and I don't care how good your scouting department is and how good your coaches are, they, you can't see everybody all the time in every state, every uh, city around the country. And sometimes you are going to find kids like this uh, by accident, by referral. Um, You know, that's just the way it happens. I mean, Miami got Colby Young. Look how good he's playing now by a referral from a junior college coach. And uh, if you're going to be successful, you got to get lucky sometimes on situations like that. And uh, you're seeing the thoroughness of Miami's recruiting now because these things are creeping up a little bit more. That means they are out there. They're talking to people. Uh, They're looking at tape. They took the time to study Hakeem Williams' tape from week one of the season. And in doing so, they found Caleb Spencer. And uh, that's quality work right there. 563-999-3550-563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let's go to the 917. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? BK here. Can you... What's up, BK? How you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. Hey, um, uh, Gary, in regards to recruiting, like how many um, – I know you were saying earlier that, that we're probably going to lose probably excess of 20 guys off the team that, you know, that will go into the portal. But in terms of high school recruits, how many do you think we could, you know, Mario's planning on taking? Is it going to be like over that? I know we could go over that 25 limit, but does that include transfer kids as well? Uh, If I understand the numbers correctly, there's nine guys 
graduating. So to, if they go 25 and then say they want to take another five, let's say another five transfers, that's, that's 30 minus nine. That means they got to lose 21 uh, players that are presently on the roster that could potentially come back. Now, some of those guys are going to be 50 year juniors, things like that, that uh, don't have the prospects of playing anymore. Uh, but I think they are going to want to bring in as many players as they can. And, and I think that that roster is going to be looked at with a very sharp pen. And, and I haven't done it myself yet uh, since the season started. I did it earlier and I came up with a number of ballpark, about 20 that I thought would depart, which would leave them with 29 spots for recruiting. Uh, but I'm starting to think there's going to be a few more than that. Wow. Okay, um, I, I was watching the, the first college playoff ranking, right? Yeah. The ESPN. They said something very interesting, right? We always talk about how Miami does is not an elite team. We don't have elite talent and all this other stuff, right? But after watching this show, which is something that I should have realized all along, Gary, there are only five elite teams in all of college football. Only five. Everybody else is good. Right. If you look, if you look at the the you know the CFP whatever college football playoff whatever, it's only been four or five teams. <laughs> you have the four mainstays, which is uh, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and then every once in a while, and then you had a one off in Notre Dame one year made it, and then another one off in LSU, and they went and took the whole thing. Well, I'm looking at I'm looking at the ranking. They've got they've got Tennessee number one. Is Tennessee, Tennessee elite? Could have an LSU type. No, they're not elite, but they could have an LSU type season because of that offense, and that's what put that's what gave LSU that championship what two years ago or something like that. They had that uh-huh. crazy offense putting up all those numbers, and they remind people offensively of LSU. But that's the one-off I'm talking about. Like, every, every year or so, there'll be a one-off. You understand what I'm saying? But in the grand scheme of things, there are only four elite teams in all of college football, all of college football. Now, Miami, when people say elite, I'm saying, shit, we might be 10 years away from, be, <laughs> from being elite, but how soon can we be good? We could be good as soon as next year. <laughs> you know, we could be pretty good as soon as next year. Yeah, if if Miami were like Tennessee next year, would you be shocked? No, I wouldn't be shocked because of the poor. Well, I would be shocked if if it's Gaddis is still there. That would totally shock me. But if but let's just say for whatever reason Gaddis goes and they bring in some guy that's going to run that crazy offense that Tennessee's running the same one, which looks very familiar to the one that LSU ran. I wouldn't be shocked, but with God, if it was Gaddis doing it and we made it that far, I would definitely be shocked <laughs> because it's the offense that's winning these, you know, that's putting these one-off teams in that position. They all had that, that you know, the, the offense you, that could score. And they're going to win the 40-point games, 40, 48 to 40, 54 mm-hmm. to 48 type games. They're going to win those games because of the offenses they have. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the defense. You know, if you're looking at the ra- at the ranking, um, BK, if you're looking at that ranking, I don't know if you have it in front of you. And you know, Miami obviously has four losses. Teams with two losses are ranked. 
Miami very easily could be sitting here with two losses right now. I mean, it's just been a nightmare. It's been a nightmare. It's been, you know, breaks here and there, just uh, bad plays that have just crushed them. They've given, they've given pretty much every game of those four away, in my opinion. And I know you can't ever, you can't get it all back. And you can, and a lot of teams can say, what if, I mean, no, and a lot of teams can play the what if game. I get all that, but I don't care about the other teams. I'm looking at Miami and I just wonder from a, ability level of of the roster where Miami really fits right now in college football I mean three-point game against Carolina they spotted them 17 points in that game I mean Carolina is number 17 in the country right now um they win those games Miami's easily a top 25 team I'm not saying they're top 10 yeah I mean a top I, 25 team with two losses that's what I'm getting at I mean, they won't be a top 25 team this year, most likely. But no. um, I'm wondering if the starting point of where the program is at right now in this reclamation project really truly is top 25 kind of level. I mean, there's still some good players on this team. You know, I mean, um, you look at the, the way Colby Young is playing right now. You look at the way Leonard Taylor is playing right now. Um, I mean, there, there are some good individual players. Tyler Van Dyke's a good player, obviously. Restrepo is a very good possession receiver. Uh, I think Henry Parrish is a good uh, number two running back. I don't mm-hmm. like him as number one running back. But, but uh, you know, it's just kind of interesting. You know, you, just do, kinda, you do kind of wonder when you start looking at these rankings, uh, what's the true ranking of the Miami Hurricanes? What, what level – is this program really at right now? Is is it really at four and four? And your record is what you say, what it you know it says what you are, or are they really a, a little bit better than their record? And and they just have down played. They've played beneath uh, what their record really should be. And it's an interesting uh, thought, right. you know. The the talent is there. Like look at Tulane. I think what Tulane is ranked number seventeen. Given a good game, given everybody steps up, you beat a team like Tulane. You know, I've seen them play. They're a good football team, but they're not, you know, they don't scare. They don't, they, they, they don't scare anybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But they're a good, sound football team. They got a lot of seniors on the team because that's usually how those teams crack the top 25 every four or five years. They have a senior-related team. Guys have been playing with each other for like four or five years. They know how to work together. But – in Miami's case, you know, you can't, you know, in this day and age with these high-powered offenses, I think that's the route Miami should have gone. You know, you know the Michigan thing looks all good with, you know, Gaddis was there with Harbaugh, but look how long it took them to build Michigan. But John Harbaugh's, or Jim Harbaugh, whoever, um, first three or four years, he was on the bubble. They they were considering firing him. But that's how long it took for that offense to gel. It took three years. It took three years for that style of offense for every player to gel and finally mm-hmm. got it right, you know, because it's because that's the type of offense that Jim Harbaugh wants to run, which is similar to the type of offense that Mario wants to run. But you can have a guy come in now. Perfect example, look at Sonny Dykes. TCU was horrible last year. Sonny Dykes, an offensive genius, a guy that's real creative with his play calling, has TCU in the top ten. TCU won, like, what, four or five games last year? Mm -hmm. 
you know? So yep. I, I think that's where we're, you know, we we have the talent. Our talent is good enough to be a top 20 team. It's good enough to be a top 20 team, close to the 20, not close to the top, but a top 20 team. So everything that you're seeing here is just like, you know, like the kids, you know, kids are going to be kids. They're going to make boneheaded plays sometimes. Somebody's going to try to step up to be the hero. I got it. But is the system working with what we have? You know, Jalen Knighton, they're trying to run him in between tackles. You know, the a kid lot. used to run <laughs> a lot. The kid used to yeah. run real routes, real routes and screens all the time for Lashley, which, which is where he was most effective. And none of that this year for this kid. You know, what does he weigh, 180 pounds, 175 pounds maybe? And they're trying to run him in between tackles. And then there's no depth at the running he back position. He fails, man. Did you see the way he was ta- the, taking those hits and bouncing off the guys? And That, that kid is really tough, but that is not what he's yeah. built for. Yeah. If you get him in open space, he could make a couple of guys miss. He'll bounce off a couple of tackles, especially last year. Remember that play he had last year against Florida State? How he bounced off I think, two DBs and just cut off and ran right into the end zone. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm just hoping on Saturday it's not an embarrassment. I think an embarrassment against FSU could be the nail in Josh Gaddis's coffin, especially if we don't score. Especially if we don't score. Because FSU is going to put some points up. They're going to design – so, you know, to attack our our weakness, and they're going to put some points up. If FSU if FSU goes up fourteen in the first quarter, I'm I'm done. I'm switching to the Alabama game. Done. <laughs> all done, huh? All done. Yeah, all but finished. that's it, Gary. But keep me on though. Yeah, but you say I'm, I'm all done. I'm all finished. <laughs> I'm finished. I'm done. I'm I'm going to be looking forward to. December. Wait, when's the uh, when's the first day of uh, signing? December what, sixth or something like that? I think it's I think it's twenty first this year. Oh, the twenty first this year. All right. Well, I'll be looking forward to the twenty first <laughs> to see <laughs> who we get. All right, Gary, keep me on, man. All right, Always man. A pleasure. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Five six three nine 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 three five five zero five six three nine 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 three five five zero. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the seven two seven. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, it's Jake from St. Pete. How you doing? Doing great. How you doing? Pretty good. We at least won one, and I was quite excited that we finally. Uh, rekindled our kicking game and let a kicker win a game for a change instead of losing on fourth and one. That was, uh, what a relief that was, even though that was, uh, you know, actually with, with not having these games on TV or some obscure station, you can only get if you pay through the nose for ridiculous cable. Um, listening to the game on the radio is so much better than watching this on TV. What? (laughs) I think, I think my blood pressure is like 30 points lower when, when listening to these on the radio, because just not having to, to watch Leonard Taylor come off the field for, 
55, 60% of the game. And, uh, uh, you know, only hearing about him when he's making plays on every play that he's in the game. Um, you know, just, just not having to watch all the, the just horrible nonsense that, that you don't hear on the radio, but you see when you watch on TV, it's just so much uh, less infuriating, uh, to, to, to do that. I don't know. Um, I did that with the Virginia Tech game, too. I was uh, out on a boat listening on the radio, and it was so much more relaxing than being there and watching. The... <laughs> I guess it helps when you win, too. Uh, you know, you don't have I to. I got to try that one of... week. I, I got to go on a boat. I, I want to go on a, a nice big yacht and watch the game from a yacht. I gotta. Oh no, I gotta, no, we weren't on a nice big yacht. We were just on a on a modest fishing boat, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> a little, yeah, a little twenty one foot fishing boat. But uh, yeah, no, it was uh, kind of cool. Uh, quite. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was actually it was just a super relaxing day, and uh, you know it helps when they win, even though it was ugly, but. Uh, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's just when you, when you watch all this stuff, and, you know, you were talking earlier, uh, you know, like why, why can't Leonard Taylor play 40 plays a game, 45, uh, Daryl Jackson played, uh, I think 45, 50, and, uh, he wasn't just destroying everyone the way Leonard Taylor was. And it's that, that kind of stuff, just when I'm watching the game, uh, especially when I'm live at the game, uh, when, when, you know, when I'm at hard rock, um, I, I tend to key in on, on the, the, the line play and it's just, it's so infuriating when you've got a, a third and long and you got Jake Lickenstein and Antonio Moultrie, like, yeah, they're okay. They're not Leonard Taylor. No, <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, that, that stuff just drives me insane. Um, cause it's like, you know, are, are you playing statistics or are you playing to win? Um, that, that kind of stuff I, I don't care for, but a couple of things. Anyway, that, that was just a side tracker and a side, but, uh, you know, I, I had asked you on, uh, uh, uh Sport and when you did the Q and a, why couldn't Ja'Curry Brown be a running back? And you said he's too big, but, uh, I say Derek Henry begs to differ and, the kid's got speed. He's, he's been running the ball his whole life. He can't hit the broad side of a barn. Um, we're short on running backs. Why, why can't he play running back? Uh, he's not, he, he's not running back thick like that. Um, I like him. I always said from the beginning of the season, I'm I want to see him take, talking. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I said from the beginning of the season, I would love to see him take wide receiver reps. Like I, I wonder what his hands are like. Can he catch the ball? He's got such a, he would have such a huge catch radius. Uh, he's, he's outrageously athletic. Uh, you could give him the ball on jet sweeps. Uh, you know, you could throw him hitch passes and let him run the ball that way. I mean, they're just scratching the surface, to, in my mind, of what you can do with Ja'Curry Brown. And, you know, that, that was the vision that I had at the start of the season. I, I get what you're saying with receiver, but, like, we already got problems with drops, and you're talking about a guy who's never caught the ball in his well, life. Well, how do you know? Like, uh, he's a great athlete. How do we know he can't catch the ball? Well, that to me, I just like, I look at it. Okay. You know, granted. Yeah. This year is a running back. Probably not, but why can't you thicken that kid up 10, 15 pounds in the off season? Uh, he's already a pretty big kid. He's like, what? Six, three, six, four, two, two twenty or so. Yeah, he, he, would to, to, he would have to be him up bought to that, man. I, I, don't, I don't know that he would be bought into that. 
I know he wants to play QB, but it's like, you know, yeah. at a certain point, you got to, whether it's receiver or running back, you got to say to this kid, like, hey, man, <laughs> I mean, maybe you give him one more year at quarterback, but it's like, hey, uh, buddy, do you want to play in the in the NFL or have a shot at it? It ain't happening at a quarterback. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I know he's young, but, you know, that, that kid, yeah, he's throwing him in the dirt or throwing it 10 feet, 10 yards wide. It's, uh, yeah, he's just, no, he ain't a quarterback. Um, well, I don't know that he's got to give up this quickly on it. No, no, uh, he's a freshman. I mean, you give him one more yeah. year, but, I mean, it's just but, like to come in and just, like, you know, he can't even get the, the ball in the vicinity of a receiver, let alone – I mean, it's one thing to, like, you know, uh, make a receiver make a tough catch, but this, you know, like and, – and you've said it in practice, and he's got, he's got that Tate Martell in him where it's just like – you know, he, he just he launches them, whether it's whether it's in the dirt or whether it's way over the receiver's head or wide or whatnot. He just, you know, it, again, it's one thing to to be a little off. You know, Garcia was a little off, but you know, he's he's not even in the ballpark. Um, yeah, no, and, anyway, and that's I what I saw honestly, Jake. That's what I saw the entire um, the entire spring of and, and fall. Oh yeah, yeah, you were you were wide open with that. And I mean, you know, yeah. I, I say I say it's not, you know, I, I say give the kid at least one more year to see if he can actually, yeah. you know, learn something. And uh, you know, you, you can't write a kid off as a freshman, especially when they've got that kind of athletic ability. But uh, you know, you may not have to be the greatest passer in the world, but you have to be at least serviceable. You know, you got to. Uh, you, you got to be able to at least do a little something. But anyway, uh, uh, question with Ruiz. It's uh, I, I've softened my tune on him. Uh, I called up a few times. Uh, um, uh, uh, highly questioning his uh, his motives and uh, and everything that you know he was about. But he seems to have kind of cooled down. And I don't I don't think he's quite uh, I, I, not quite. He's not a Nevin Shapiro, and he's not. Uh, uh, I, I don't think he has ill will. But I, I just can't like ten million. Excuse me. $10 million and this app has like no downloads or whatnot. I just, I, I, I don't question. I don't think, I don't think it's about that point, right now. I don't think it's what, about how many downloads they the have. What's the return though? The return is he's well, a big is, man. In, the, the, the biggest return is he, he is a big man on campus now. And okay, I'm not talking okay, about, no, the, no, the, I'm not talking about the university of Miami campus. I'm talking about, the South Florida campus. He He's is the a big player. shot in Miami. Okay. Okay. Yes. No, that, he that's is a legit. player now. Like, he was not a year ago. Okay. So yeah, if no, that's it, all it, he gets it, out of it, there ain't a – I said this earlier in the show. Billionaires can go one of two ways. They can be low-key incognito or they could be high-profile. Uh, and most of them want to be high-profile. They want to be recognized for their achievements in life. And uh, so beyond that – you know, he has a business, which is a public company, and public companies are very much about optics also. And having a known brand be a division of this public company uh, and now expanding the brand to other things, maybe it pays off eventually. Who the heck knows? We don't know. I, I uh, highly doubt that. I mean, that, I highly doubt hey, it too. Go with like, your – like you would have said the first same thing about Uber, Jake. That makes Before you heard about Uber, would you have predicted Uber would be what Uber became? Uh, before you heard about Twitter, would you have ever predicted that Twitter would become as big or TikTok 
here, Gary, Gary, let me finish that statement for you. Listen one minute. Yes, I would have because people actually used them. Okay, but but people got to know about it before they can use it. And, and this yeah, is a little bit more know. specialized, and it may never be anything. And I don't want to come across as saying that I think it will be something, um, but I think I see what no, John Gary, your is first explanation makes all the sense in the world to me. He's a he's a uh, you know I he's clearly not worth the twenty billion he said, but he's clearly also worth a lot of money. And uh, you know what? $10 million buys him a lot of notoriety in South Florida. A lot of notoriety, and and, and I'll tell you right now, he is saving the University of Miami Athletic Department from a disaster. Because I am telling you right now, collectives, whatever you want to call them, there is no chance without John Ruiz that the University of Miami football program right now would be anywhere close to as competitive in the NIL world as it is with John Ruiz by way of his life. No doubt. Uh, I have company. a strong suspicion. I don't know if it's the only reason, but I have a very strong suspicion that uh, John Ruiz had a hand in our uh, recent uh, uh, big news with Mr. Uh, Cormani. Um, uh, you know, I, I was that the, well, the, the be all the, and the end all. They're going to get treated fairly. You know, Cormani yeah. could get big, big NIL no matter where he goes. No, no, he, 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 Ruiz puts yeah. us in the game, and that's you know to me. There's no, no that, doubt about a, it. I just and without him, Miami's not like, in the game, Jake. They're not in the game, and people need, need to realize no. that. You know. All right, Jake. I got to let you go, man. I got some uh, yeah, special yeah. guests cool. on, on on the line. Uh, we'll talk to you next awesome. week. Thank you, Sounds man. Good. Thank you for yep. being part of the show. Thanks. All right, five six three nine 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 three five five zero five six three nine 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 three five five zero. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, but first, it's time for our point-counterpoint segment of the show with uh, the voice of the fan, Bruce Warner, who uh, comes on with a special guest. And uh, this week, he's with the guy that will not need a major introduction, but I'm sure that Bruce will come up with a wonderful one anyway. Uh, Bruce, <laughs> and soon-to-be-announced phenomenal guest, welcome to Kane Sport Live. <laughs> Thanks for the build-up, Gary. Now I'm going to disappoint everybody with this guy. <laughs> anyway, he's a former Kane. He stole my, broke my heart with a pick six against my Giants in the Super Bowl for the Baltimore Ravens. But more important than that, he's a great guy and a good friend, and it's former DB Dwayne Starks joining us on the phone line tonight on Kane Sport Live. Welcome to the show, buddy. Oh, man. Thanks for having me, Bruce. How hey, you doing? My pleasure. You know, it's always good to talk to you. So, um... Let's just talk a little bit about what Miami's going through because you're one of the most perfect people to answer this question. What it's like to go through a rebuild like this? You lived through it with, with Butch. Talk about your, yep. your, your, what was going on, and do you ever get a sense that this was that it was going to get better, or was like, oh my God, why the hell did I come here? Talk about <laughs> that, man. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, a lot of the guys that was there when I came there was guys that I played against and. In high school, you know, you had the Jeffrey Taylors, you had the Dennis Scotts, the you know Danielle Ferguson. So I know those guys had plenty of talent, uh, but just getting it all out to to a winning team, putting it all together, that was kind of tough, you know. Especially after we lost the Warren Saps and you know everyone else who was on those teams in the '92, uh, you know '92 all the way up to '94. Uh, and there was, you know, those are great teams. But in the rebuilding stage when Bush Davis 
first got there, it was, you know, everyone's trying to figure out what his system is, what he's going to be. Uh, we were going through the probation uh, that was hanging over our head, and then, you know, we finally got the ruling on that. Uh, but it's going to take some time. And in a sense, what I saw when I got there, you know, first of all, having to prove myself, mm-hmm. uh, which I end up doing, but seeing what Butch Davis was doing, bringing in guys like Bubba Franks, uh, Edron James, uh, Ed Reed, and, you know, Santana Moss, you saw the talent that was going to, you know, I just wanted to stay in school just a little longer because I know what those kids were going to do. Uh, and, you know, the, the same thing with Mario's doing right now. He's building that team from the ground up once again. You know, he's bringing in the big sign, the, the big corner who just came in, the mm-hmm. big sign. What's his cam, cam something? Carmody uh, McLean. Yeah, I kid is supposed right, to be there. He was, know, everybody was like, screaming. Yeah, Gators, I, I was going to say, that, that, that's part of the ground up, man, having those lockdown cornerbacks. Exactly. So, you know, when I left and went into the draft after the 98 season, then I think the following year, 99 and 2000, those guys were rolling. You know, they got their experience in uh, year two when I was there, especially Edron. And then, you know, the rest of it was was history. You know, that went on a nice little run uh, with a a bunch of talent that was brought in. Yeah, they could have won three titles in a row. They got jobbed in the – championship game they put florida state in there against oklahoma we probably would have obliterated oklahoma we won the next year and then we got screwed in uh in 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 arizona you know in the basketball so we could have had three straight with the talent that butch put together right so so to compare what you know what i've been through with the university of miami uh going through the first losing season in i don't know how many years uh we had we went five and six i believe and I wish I could forget about it, but <laughs> but that's part of my history at the University of Miami. And, you know, things changed. And, you know, I, I wanted to be a part of that, but, you know, I had to go on to the next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you certainly did. Uh, Gary, any questions for Mr. Starks? Yeah, you know, uh, Dwayne, obviously people are in distress, kind of, you know, at the way the start of the season has gone, uh, being sitting here with four losses at, uh, at the two-thirds mark of the season. Uh, you've had so many experiences in, in your career. You talked about, the, the, you know, being part of a, a rebuild at Miami. Uh, impart some of your wisdom on us. Uh, what's it like as a player on the team when the team is at this kind of stage of its development? Um, you know, you're watching other guys go to schools where they're competing to be in the playoffs and win national titles and stuff. Um, what are the guys that are Miami Hurricanes right now kind of going through? Uh, well, you know, some may be going through, did I make the right decision to come here? You know, when you're losing games, you think like, oh, come on, man. It got to be better than this, right? Uh, but then, you know, maybe you're not just the – the and like my situation, I wasn't the a part of the change. You know, I was a part of the hey, reconnect the team, bring everyone together, get other players. But when you're a part of a losing environment, it's hurtful because you're looking at all the kids around you that are very talented, and you're putting in so much work. But at the end of the day, you're not coming out on top. Maybe you're losing the games by 
three or, or a touchdown, but that's a loss. So that makes a difference. If you're winning those games by a touchdown, then everyone's saying, hey, the Canes are back. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like it's, you don't want to be a part of that. You don't. It's a hurtful feeling for any all of those young men that are there and, and, and putting in their sweat and blood and, and still coming out, you know, not on top. You know, we ask almost everybody who comes on the show or on the Mars show the same question, is that now if you can imagine yourself playing there now with kids with NIL money, guys are making up to a million dollars, some of them have half a million dollars, and you're in a locker room, um, jealousy, envy, anger? What, what do you think the emotions are when they're seeing these kids not even performing that well and making a lot of money? Uh, I mean, I, I really don't have an opinion on that right now. But basically, it's uh, you know, it's things change. Every everything changes. I mean, I think about when we went in, when I first got drafted into the NFL. You know, the new money that they was giving us in '98 compared to the, the you know guys that played before me, even the Lawrence Tellers and the you know Roger Craig's that you know, a hell of a players, but did not make as much money as we did as coming out as rookies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's only right because of what the universities, uh, basically collegiate teams are doing for the universities uh, by bringing in tons and tons of money. So it's only right that they make, make it right for the players uh, that has generated all of this income. Uh, for the school and for you know outside of the school, so I don't uh, know if you saw those games when Miami gave up four touchdowns on four bombs, and then the following middle week, ten- two more was bombs. that Middle Tennessee? Yeah, and so um, looking at the defense, you can't play that when you don't have the speed to stay with these guys. What would you have done? I mean, you can't jam these guys if they're faster than you because you're never going to catch up to them. <laughs> Well, you better be able to jam them. <laughs> you better be able to jam them, and you better have some really good corners. I mean, really good safeties that can play over top of you. No, we but, don't have uh, that either. Know, stuff we like guys that, taking man. bad angles. You saw that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of bad you got to do something. You got you to gotta figure out a way to let them catch the ball in front of you and, and somehow, uh, you know, wait till they make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like any team, and one thing that we always said, if you give a team – 12 to 15 plays in the drive, then therefore someone's going to make a mistake at some given time. Uh, so you don't want to you don't want to allow teams to just drive down the field like they did throwing deep balls. Hey, you know, let them catch it. I ain't gonna say let them catch it, but if they catch it, make the tackle. You got three more. You got three more downs to try to make another stop. So. Yeah, but it's, yeah, with our defense, part. every week there's something else. That's whether the tackles aren't playing well, the linebackers, the, the DBs, the safeties. There's been a lot of mistakes on both sides of the ball. Mistakes that uh, what was there like 17 or 18 penalties a few weeks ago. Um, it's yeah. tough to watch. You know, it's just like yeah, a, it is. It's like a pandemic. Everybody's got got something wrong with them, and they're not doing their job. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still behind our canes, and the only thing is, is that I've decided not to watch the rest of this season. <laughs> You're not gonna watch it. You're not gonna like, come no, or watch the, the game on Saturday, Dwayne. I am. I, Saturday may be a different story. You know, we got so many rival uh, friends like Samari Roll and Dexter Jackson that went to Florida State, so I talk to those guys all the time. So 
I definitely uh I definitely probably get to that game. But you know, as of watching it on television, I can't do it anymore. Like, you know what's cool? I, I heard that earlier guest say his his blood pressure points was probably lower by listening to it on the radio. So <laughs> I, I really feel that way too. Because if I sit and watch a game and I see the things that are taking place, it, it really it really hurts and it bothers me. So. Yeah, the first game that Al Golden coached, Gary, Dwayne and I were together. We were watching him play. Was it Maryland or something on the road? And they kept on, and every time they showed the screen when Maryland was on offense, we couldn't see our DVs on the picture on the television set. And no. Wayne kept on pointing. He says, where the hell are our corners? Where the hell are the corners? And they just nickeled and dimed us to death, and they never changed it, right? Mm-hmm. That, is, that is true. That is true. It's just, you know, you can't give up too many. You're just going to do that, man. But it was it was sad. We sat there watching that game, and we had to talk about it and report. You know, we was doing the Kane. Was it the Kane show at the time? Well, we were doing a, a sports talk show, yeah, but it was but we covered the Canes a lot, obviously, because it was you, me, yeah. and Perkins. Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, no one's giving up, and I think you can't <clears throat> give up. You have to look at what Mario's doing in the recruiting. Man, is he, and he's not done. There's a few no, more guys we're done. going to get, so, which is what you need. You need to find. You just mentioned that they brought in Santana and they brought in Edge and they brought in this guy or and, and Bubba Frank. Well, that's exactly what he's doing. Only it's twenty something years later, but he's building a foundation and he's going to keep building on it. And with the right coaching and if these kids mesh, you know, I think we're going to be kicking some ass in the next couple of years. But we have to have some patience. You know, he came into a, a terrible situation where the recruiting has been bad for at least the last decade, not just the last few years, for the last decade. We haven't been getting big-time players, but that's all going to change now. So we have to have some something to look forward to, and I'm looking forward to that. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Change is not going to come overnight, but it's coming. Yeah, I, it's coming. So, Dwayne, you, you talked know, earlier. One thing that, that I also see is, you know, a lot of kids, they they have the right to go through the through the portal as well. So that, that may change things and it may make it better because now if we do start going in the right direction and you got guys that, you know, really good players that are elsewhere say, Hey, you know what? Miami's putting this thing together. I'm I'm going to go ahead and enter the portal. So, you know, that's another opportunity and it's not always blindside someone or not blindside University of Miami, but also, you know, surprise the, the, the listeners who we're talking about now besides the players and, you know, you see one guy leave a, a great team and come over to the University of Miami and, you know, that can make things better as well. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Gary? Hey, Dwayne, we talked, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, just, you know, what it's like to be on a team that's not winning and, you know, how you start doubting that I do the right thing coming here. Uh, people start putting seeds in your head along those lines. How does a team fight through that to maximize its capabilities like the Canes are going to need to do on uh, Saturday night? They have not played a complete game yet this season, Dwayne, and they're going to need to play one against Florida State. There's no doubt in my mind about that. How do they fight through all that negativity and, and negative thoughts that might be going through their heads to perform at a high enough level to actually achieve and accomplish something? For one, you got to believe in yourself, and you got to believe in each other. I mean, once you go, when you go out there, you got to know that hey, whatever, all the work that we put in is going to pay off. So when you that what helps you overcome that is winning. 
You know, I don't care if you win by one. I don't care if you win by three. doesn't matter. Winning comes all of those negative thoughts in your head because, for one, your main goal, uh, well, our main goal back when we were playing is making it to the NFL, changing your stripes, giving your, you know, family an opportunity to, uh, you know, giving yourself an opportunity to make money, uh, giving yourself an opportunity to play in the league. Like right now, of course, may you know some of it may be changing because of the NIL. You know, kids are making you know tons of money right away. So the desire and the push may not be as may not be the same. But I mean, the I can't hunger, speak the hunger for might that. not be the same. Like, right, it just may not be the same. So uh, it, it, it may be different. I can't I can't really speak for the player himself. But on the outside looking in, because I'm not in the you know NIL situation, when you when you're fighting mentally on you know did I make the right decision, uh, you know what am I doing here? You have to have something that that keeps you going. You have to have some team, uh, you know, I don't even know how to put it, but basically, you got to have that that thing that say regardless of the money, regardless of whatever it is, I want to win. That's not the case at the University of Miami, and it's going to take a longer time than we expect. Well, I think Mario was shocked, but hopefully he's turning it around. It seems like they're starting to um, open things up a little bit and showing a little more confidence in these kids. And I think Gary was right because we were listening to him before. I think they have to let – let uh, Jake Garcia let it loose. They have nothing to lose. They're underdogs anyway. Just let it fly, uh, within reason, obviously. But they still have, they just can't be conservative because I think Florida State will just smoke them out. They've got to do some things there. And Gary, I bet you we see some screens this week. I <laughs> <laughs> I God, I sure hope so, man. Because uh, I know I know offensive coordinator Bruce Warner. If he doesn't see some of those screens he's been calling for the entire season, uh, his brain's gonna burst. Yeah, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. I'm telling you. Guys, I saw some of the comments on there on Kane Sport. A lot of people think I'm right. I mean, they do it in the NFL all the time. When someone's coming for a blitz and you know it's coming, most of the time you check it off and you go to a screen. Right, Dwayne? That's how you stop that stuff. But they haven't done it the whole year. Quarterbacks (laughs) are getting killed. Both of them already have been hit pretty hard. You've got to have offensive linemen that can move, for starters. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure these guys are displaying a ton of that right now. You know, but well, yeah, that's, that's you, true. But you they definitely got to have though. that, man. You definitely got to have offensive line, and I know one thing that you got to have is a defensive line, especially now. You got to have some uh, ones that can put some pressure on the quarterback. You know, it's a, it's basically just like the NFL. You got all of these teams that are running the ball and, and not not running the ball, but passing the ball much more than they run the ball. So, you know, if you can get some guys that uh, apply the pressure, you get you some linebackers that can run, you know, it changes the game. And not just running, they got to be playmakers, you know. Some guys uh, can be really good ball players, but never playmakers. So uh, playmakers change the game. So that's what we're looking for. Yep, that's for sure. We've got guys with five stars that aren't making plays. Exactly. Our, so, sa- our you know, safety, who really has been invisible for the two years he's been here so far. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey Dwayne. So you were yeah. part of this Miami FSU series, and obviously it's about as he, it, it, 
at least it was as heated as it gets in, in college sports. But I, there's a cool story uh, evolving right now. And um, you've got and a, a guy by the name of Terrell Buckley, who I'm sure you're well familiar with. And uh, he has been named the head football coach of the Orlando XFL uh, franchise that's going to be uh, emerging after the first of the year. Uh, I, I forget what the – I think it's the Orlando Guardians is going to be the name of the franchise. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. um, he's hired an assistant head coach. Who do you think that is? He probably Lamar, right? Yeah, it's Lamar. Lamar, L- yeah, Lamar Thomas, sure. man. How beautiful is that? A Florida State guy becomes the head coach of the team, and he hires a Kane to be his assistant head coach, and they will be uh, going oh, the battle yeah. oh, together yeah. in that league. I just think that's so cool. And we are going to have Terrell Buckley tomorrow night on the Lamar Thomas show, so that should be a lot of fun. Oh, again, okay, good. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, you make sure you ask you – ask, uh... Terrell, because I'm quite sure Lamar would tell you he, he played a pivotal role in a lot of positions that Terrell had, you know, as coaching. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm not surprised that he brought Lamar over and to be, you know, to be with him in that league. Right. He's the assistant head coach. What is he a wide receiver coach too, Gary? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. The Guardians, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah. not, a, not a big fan of that name, but that's okay. I'm still rooting for his team to win. That's for sure. I believe okay. there was a Guardians team before, like a might have been an arena or something. Or, I don't know. I, I, that, well, the Cleveland familiar. Indians are now the Guardians. Mm, okay. What are you doing, buddy? What do you what do you, keeps you busy nowadays? Man, I was uh, coaching my my son's team. You know, basically coaching him in the little league football league where we just lost our. Uh, just lost our playoff game against Opelaka. They got a lot of talent on that team. And uh, also helping out with the his middle school football team, which was the uh uh the Sharks. So, you know it's it's been a it's been a, a long <laughs> long road right here, you know, trying to get into this coaching thing, but you know, it's been fun. Okay. It's been fun. Yeah, I know you were involved with other things, too, because we were talking about it over the last couple of years. What's going on with those things, with the NFL I thought you were involved with? Yeah, I was working with the uh, NFLPA, the trust, which is powered by the NFLPA, where I helped former players, uh, you know, learn about their benefits off the field. So, you know, after they retired, basically helping them through their transition. That's one of the things that I was helping doing and also uh, doing the same thing for – Mr. Rosenhaus, and and that's been a very very cool thing to do. So okay. you know, it's always nice, man. It's always good. It's a good feeling when you help a person who's you know rather they're struggling or rather they just you know want continuing education or anything like that, and I point them in the right direction. That's always a good feeling, man. That's that feel good thing that we all should have in our life. That's what I said at the beginning. You're just a good person. You're a good guy. And these are things that you enjoy doing. So that's awesome. I'm uh, I'm happy for you. You know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. And you know I kid you all the time, too, so that's okay. (laughs) I have to rip him on the show all the time. But he's just a great person. So anyway, um, hey, anything else, Gary? No. uh, So, Dwayne, before we let you go, uh, who wins on Saturday? (laughs) I knew you were going to ask him that. Hey, listen, man. I, I'm still riding with my canes, bro. I, I'm I'm going to go with my canes. Okay. That's All because right, man, that's what out, your heart's telling you. What's your head telling you? <laughs> canes. 
I mean, we, we we got some talent, man, and, and Florida State's, you know, I think they're pretty much in the same boat in the situation. Yeah. I, I don't feel like they're any different than what we have talent-wise. Uh, so I think we, we, we can pull it off. It's just every every cylinder has to be quick, you know what I mean? So you just got to pull it off. Everyone has to be play together. You got to be Maybe able right. to stop that quarterback because that kid could run. We've, we've dealt with that a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, we can't have yeah. that again. We've got to be able to keep this kid in the pocket and make him a passer because our defense is just susceptible to these quarterbacks getting out of the pocket and making problems. We can't let that happen. I you mean, know? you said the key thing, keeping him in the pocket. Yeah, keep him in the pocket. Keep him in the pocket. Keep him in the pocket. Has to run up the middle, then that's a whole different story, you yep. know, than allowing him to get to the outside and, you know, just running all over the place with the option to run or pass. So can't do that. Uh, maybe we put a spy on him too. If we could find somebody that could stay with that kid, he's <laughs> don't make me. Alrighty, guys. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, Dwayne, right. for coming on the show and uh, get on out to the stadium. Make Bruce take you for dinner first to a Sicilian oven or someplace else, and uh, have a good time. This weekend. I keep asking him to come. You know, but we'll get hey, together man. one of these days. He's, he came to see my wife sing at, at uh, Duffy's a couple of years ago. Yeah, so, yeah he's, yeah, he's been there. We've been together. Yeah, right now, man, just, you know, running around with kids. They're at that age where they're involved in everything. So, that you know, me and my wife, we go run around looking right. at all the things that they're doing right now. So, all right. Well, I see the pictures always on Facebook. I follow you, buddy. All yeah. right, you be all well. Right, guys. Take care. Let's go, Kate, Thanks, man. Rain, thank you so all much, right. man. All right, Bruce. All right, take, no take care. All right, good. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's Dwayne Starks and Bruce Warner, and um, we thank them for coming on the show and uh, giving us their insight. All right, we're going to head into the home stretch here. If you want to get on the show, now is the time to call 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. Plenty of room on the board. Uh, you hit the one on your keypad uh, when you do call in. Uh, let's go out right now to the 305. You are live on Team Score Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. How are you? Uh, who's this, Adam? Yeah. Hey, what's up, my man? How you been? How are you? Doing good. good. Um, a, a couple things. One, I had posed this question before, and now with the injury, and I know this is looking to the off season. Do you think that with NIL now in place, there's still a chance that TVD comes back next year for like a second season? And I know that too far advanced. I'm just Yeah, 100%, Adam. You know, it's going to be very interesting how the whole quarterback situation works itself out. And there is nothing – I've spoken about this on some of the stuff that we've done on the website. Uh, There is nothing that would surprise me. TVD coming back, TVD going into the transfer portal. Jake Garcia coming back, Jake Garcia going into the transfer portal. Ja'Curry Brown coming back, Ja'Curry Brown going into the transfer portal. Miami going into the transfer portal to find a veteran quarterback who can compete to start next year, particularly if TVD does go into the transfer portal. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, you've got Jaden Rashada coming in, in in January. And we'll see if Emory Williams can make it through the next um, – uh, what what do we have, six weeks to signing day without somebody poaching him out of the Miami signing day class. So um, it's wide open at quarterback, uh, way more wide open, I think, than people give it credit for. Uh, as we see here today, I cannot predict exactly yeah. what's going to happen. I think these last four weeks will determine a lot. 
Okay, and a couple other things. One, um, wh why was I unfortunately had I was watching the game? Um, why did Gaddis seemingly play like this vanilla offense with Garcia? I mean, I understand he wanted to limit the turnovers, but it was just even at the end when you would think you would have a chance to win the game, why run it? I mean, I understand you're playing for overtime, but at least give them the opportunity to win the game. They got blown out like, at home. They got blown out at home the week before Adam by Duke. Okay, they the reason they got blown out at home by Duke was they turned the ball over eight times. Uh, Jake yeah. Garcia, who was playing quarterback, uh, had a hand, I believe, in five of those. Okay. Uh, I think they were trying to get the whole thing under control. It almost backfired on them, quite honestly. They, yeah. they, were, they were scary close to losing that game on Saturday, and uh, it would have been had they lost because they dialed things back too much. And uh, okay. now they would say, but we didn't turn the ball over. <laughs> and, and, and that was clearly the emphasis of the week is we're not going up to Virginia and we're not turning the ball over. And uh, they were very careful with the football. I think, uh, I think Jake had it ingrained in him to protect the football. Yeah. And probably to such a degree that it got, it got into his head way too much. Uh, he looked very nervous, yeah. very scared. Uh, he very, very, very preoccupied with not making a mistake. It slowed him down. Uh, it slowed down his progressions. I think it made his mind race a little bit, his palms sweat, his heart palpitate. Um, I, by the end of that game, I think Jake Garcia felt like he had played five games, seriously. Uh, okay. And, and hopefully, if he starts this week, which right now we think there's a very good chance yeah. of that, hopefully he will be in a better mental state coming into the Florida State game than he, than he was going on the road to Virginia because he is going to need to be. And I think yeah. they are going to, they need to score in this game, Adam, and they're not going to be able to do it oh, playing, yeah. smash, playing smash mouth the way they did at Virginia. Okay. I don't believe, I don't believe that that would work this week. Okay. And then a couple other things. One, um, what did Kevin Steele say? Because I watched the game and a number of times, I think two or three that I can remember on third and long, we let Brendan Armstrong get like 20 plus yards. Um, yeah. what ha and Devin Travis is obviously a running quarterback. Yeah, he has an arm, but he's more of a runner. What has Kevin Steele said about that? Is, should that be like having a spy on third down? Just have well, somebody spy on Travis or I, anything like that. I think he's had spies, Adam. I, I, I think the spies are taking bad angles and taking themselves out of the play. I've seen Corey Flagg do that several times the last few weeks. Uh, I, you know, I think this. I think that all of those deep passes that they gave up earlier in the season uh, spooked Kevin Steele a little bit. I mean, when have you ever seen that before? Six bombs in two, in two weeks, okay? Um, I think that changed the way Kevin Steele is calling the defense. I think that he is not being as aggressive getting after the quarterback as he could be and may need to be uh, this Saturday. And uh, then the problem becomes that these running quarterbacks are killing them because they're standing back there and then they're picking their seam and they're running up the middle of the field 
when those guys are preoccupied covering receivers. So uh, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of an issue, no doubt about it, and I think it will get a lot of attention in practice this week with uh, Jordan Travis as the quarterback, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. And last point, we obviously with the addition of McLean, which shocked pretty much the recruiting world, it shows Mario obviously can recruit. Do you see, hypothetically, let's say we get uh, Okanoa from Massachusetts, do you see, and I know it's early, of like this attrition of seeing and then starting next year seeing like some true freshmen like fighting for playing time? And oh, 100%. Players who play, um, Okay. Francis, Ma- Ma- Francis Maigoa, I will be shocked yeah. if he is not the starting right tackle for the Miami Hurricanes next year. Um, you know, I'm, and I'm, I'm saying that assuming Zion Nelson gets healthy and comes back. Um, okay. I mean, I, I, will, I would be very surprised if, if Francis Maigoa is not on the field. If Samson Okanola comes, uh, I think yeah. he would have a great, great chance of getting on the field. Um, everybody can't play tackle, but – you know, we're seeing Inez Cooper, who I do think will be in the starting lineup next yeah. year. Uh, he's getting time at guard this year. Um, but, yeah, at 100%, I think some of these elite true freshmen that they're recruiting will get a chance to play very early in their careers. Uh, I think oh, okay. the, so, guys, so, if you look uh, – if Adam, if you look at the, at the, uh, the signing class right now, and I'm going to pull it yeah. up while we're talking, you know, I think you're going to see Ray Ray Armstrong uh, – not Ray, uh, no, Ray, Ray, Joseph, Ray, Ray, Joseph. Not Ray, Ray Armstrong. Yeah. Ray, Ray Joseph play next year. I think you're going to see Cormani McLean play next year. Um, I think you're going to see Malik Bryant play next year. I, I think you'll see one or two of the freshman tight ends play next year. Uh, I think you're going to see Robert Stafford get a chance to play next year. I think you're going to see Robbie Washington play next year. Uh, we'll see what Popo Aguirre looks like when he gets here. Antoine Jackson's going to have a chance to play. Um, what about Jaden Wayne? Or are we so stacked along I mean, the end? We have a lot of defensive ends. I don't, I don't know that I see Jaden Wayne playing as a true freshman. Um, but, uh, but that's just is, because of depth, not because he's not. Correct. Obviously, he's correct. a really good player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's going to be – he's going to need a little more development than some of these other guys, I okay. think. Um you know, I think you know you're, you're still you know you're still going to have a lot of these defensive ends back next year. Uh, not to mention guys like Nigel E. Kelly, um, Cyrus Moss. Hopefully, we'll start being more physically ready to play yeah. next year. So um, yeah, we'll see. But uh, yes, I do think that this is a better recruiting class, and I do think we're going to see a okay. lot of those guys playing next year. Okay. Well, thanks for taking my call, and hopefully, we can get one over the nulls. Okay, I'm cautiously optimistic. Thank you for being part of the show. Thanks. All right, guys, we got a wide open board here. Uh, so if you want to get on the show, call now. Hit the one on your keypad. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let me go while uh, we're seeing if anybody else wants to call in tonight uh, to the topics that were submitted on the message board at canesport.com. First one, uh, what is the list of early enrollees right now? Uh, We have got um, Bobby Washington, Robbie Washington, Jackson Carver, 
Tommy Kinsler, Francis Magoa, Jaden Wayne, Malik Bryant, Robert Stafford, uh, for sure. Uh, and that list is expanding, uh, and there will be more names added to it, but that's what we have for sure uh, right, right this minute. Um, uh, folks says to refrain from the TVD Garcia debate. The obvious has already hit us in the face. Uh, folks, man, I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you, um, and I am a big Jake Garcia fan. I think Jake Garcia is way better than what he has shown out there on the field the last two weeks. And if he has to start against Florida State, I hope we see it because uh, you, you're going to need to see it. Uh, I had never seen anything close to what we saw the other night out of Jake Garcia. Now, I haven't seen every scrimmage that they've played and every 11-on-11 practice and things like that. But when I have been out there and watched them play, uh, I had never seen Jake Garcia look like that. So uh, was it an aberration? I don't know. Uh, I just know it can't be a recurrence. That's for darn sure, um, starting with this Saturday. Um, MC Davis says that on the last play, had Garcia in a had Garcia thrown thrown it, would it have been a penalty? Uh, it absolutely would have been a penalty. Um, I don't know if Jake Garcia was aware of that, uh, like M- uh, RMC Davis is asking. But uh, when you watch, if you watch the replay of that final play, you will see that the linemen were blocking very aggressively, uh, as if it were a running play. And they were at the goal line, okay, when Jake Garcia would have released the ball on a pass. And the referee is right on that line. And if the referee was doing his job, yes, he would have called ineligible man downfield. And then there would have been a penalty, and Miami would have had to try to score again. And maybe the entire result of the game would have been different. It's amazing, man. The games within the games, they're always amazing. And Miami fan Dan wants to know what is going to be the ending team ranking. Uh, I assume he's talking recruiting and not the AP poll. Um, Hopefully that's what that question is is about. And uh, my answer to that uh, would be, I think they got a chance to get to the top five. I really do. Uh, So uh, that's going to be really, really interesting to see. All right, that's going to do it. For tonight's show, uh, thank you so much to everybody that called in, and uh, thank you to all of you uh, that listened. Uh, big, 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 big day for the Miami Hurricanes Saturday at Hard Rock Stadium. You've got recruits coming in. You got a national TV audience. Uh, it's a chance maybe to, you know, put a little bit of icing. On, I don't know if icing is the right word, but put a little bit of a bow on what's been, you know, kind of a rough season. And beating Florida State is always nice. And a victory puts you on the winning side of the ledger, uh, needing one more to become bowl eligible and, um, you know, two more to get to seven and seven, what would be seven and five, assuming they are unable to upset Clemson on the road. Uh, Maybe send you to Clemson with a little more confidence as well. Uh, So, you know, let's hope that they can put a complete game together, something that they have not done this entire season. Uh, also want to thank uh, Dwayne Starks and Bruce Warner for coming on the show earlier. Uh, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, we got the Lamar Thomas show. Hope everybody will join us again then. Uh, so until next time, have a great night, everybody. <laughs>